Felicia, have you always been into hobbies? I mean, like what kind of hobbies did you have growing up? Um, so when I was younger, I was pretty much the typical Chinese student where I would just study, 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 <laughs> um, study sports, study sports. And I never thought of like, you know, picking up a hobby because at that time it was just uh, academics, right? But I think when I started working, which was about five years ago, um, I thought to myself, you know, other than work, what else do I have? And that's where I started um, going for workshops. So I call that my hobby. Uh, because I make it a point, like every a couple months, I will go uh, for classes. So it can be pottery, it can be knitting, it can be painting. So yeah. Did you even like anything? Or anything like that, or did you just like pick something randomly and then just go for it? Um, I knew that I wanted to do something that is art related because oh, right. I always thought that um, I'm not very creative. I want to be creative, and that's something I should invest. Um, but after trying a few things like pottery, right? Um, I don't know how they do it, but it takes hours and hours just for that one piece. Mm. And I, I don't have that patience. So I told myself, you know, after this one class, I'm not going to do pottery anymore. <laughs> and I'll move to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so so was pottery the first thing that you tried as your, your hobby, venture into hobby? Uh, I think painting would be the first one that I've tried. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And out of all of those sort of ones that you that you tried out, which ones resonated with you with you more um i would say um the one that i'm currently doing uh which was my last workshop that i attended uh resonated with me really well because i would say that i have uh, my personality is a bit fast-paced um and and with jasmine knight uh, the material it takes about five minutes uh to fully cure so after five minutes you can't touch anything at all and if you do it'll, it'll just crumble it'll break or it'll, it'll look bad Right. So it's really fast, not like painting where, you know, you still spend a couple of hours, pottery, you still can fix it and things like that. So is this because you're a perfectionist? You want something that forces you to not be able to make it perfect? Or are you just like super confident and and preferring to do something super fast <laughs> and then getting on to the next thing? Uh, I think it's the latter, but I, I would say that I'm also a perfectionist because I think I, I try to do my best. But I think the, the beauty with like handmade or art, right? There's no no perfect, no one thing that is perfect. Mm. And that is something that I, I slowly grow to learn. Um, so when it comes to work, at least, you know, at, at the back of your mind, you, you tell yourself, you know, nothing is perfect. Making a mistake, maybe a, a minor one here and there is okay. And I think with, with art, you get to explore many things. And sometimes the best thing comes when you make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And in art, a flaw is unique and that makes it even more art no one knows or or you do what the japanese do with the wabi-sabi and you actually highlight the floor because that makes the beauty in it right yeah wabi-sabi and and wabi-sabi yeah yeah. i love wasabi (laughs) no wrong number it's it's the beauty of imperfection (laughs) nice that's right my goodness then i must be very beautiful Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely, whole beauty. Anyway, moving back to Felicia. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, it's a bit like penicillin. Kind of an accidental mold has turned into something really beautiful. Um, mm, yes. All right. So let's let's go back a little bit to your childhood before we get into the future or the, the present. Um, you've yeah. got two younger brothers. Like, what's the age difference, and what was it like being the older sister growing up? Um, so I have two younger brothers. Um, the eldest one is three years younger than me, and the other one's eight years. So you know where what happened. <laughs> so he's eight years younger. I have the no idea what you mean. Okay, yeah. Cool, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and for me i guess uh, again because going back to my 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 culture right being chinese and all um i think for me i did put a lot of like pressure on myself to to set a good example um like to excel at work uh, to excel in studies and sports to basically show them that you know um if your sister who i think is is not the best can do it you can do it too and that's how i i try to tell my brothers like yeah you know i'm not that great but if i can do it you can do it too so to always tell them that you know if you put hard work and effort um you you get to reap the results and that's mm-hmm. how i try to like mentor or guide them yeah right. are they still in school so right you- now though sorry are they still in school the one who's eight years younger shouldn't be i mean he's like just finishing no he's so sad um, oh my god <laughs> Basically, he's supposed to go overseas to study, but he can't. So, COVID. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's stuck. <laughs> so poor guy is just stuck in Malaysia. Oh, right no. Did you did you manage to influence them into taking up hobbies and art crafts and stuff like that as well? Um, I think I think growing up, we are all very sporty. Like I would be. Uh, I I represented my district for uh track and field. So like hundred oh, meters, two wow. hundred meters. Yeah, and my brothers would do basketball, uh, football, tennis. So we we play a lot of sports, and I think it came it came as a shocker to my family and like my friends that hey, Felicia is actually doing a lot of like art stuff because to me that is sort of my like my alone time. Mm. Uh, that's where mm-hmm. I spend my time to really think and really immerse myself. So when suddenly out of the blue, when I said I'm going to start a business, um, they were like, oh, okay, sure. And and everyone around me were like quite surprised, but they were very very supportive. Um, but my brothers, I think they they came to a point of realization that they are not into arts and craft. But once in a while, while I'm like experimenting, I'll just ask them, "Come, just try pouring. Come, just try <laughs> scooping or something. Just like bits of bits process." Like yeah. what a what a big sister thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say, gosh, you just put me to shame. I've got three siblings younger than me, and then I never did that. So, <laughs> what does that say about me? Anyway, moving on. Um, so you know your love of hobbies, and let's call it what it is. Also, upskilling, right? Because these mm-hmm. are skills that you're learning yeah. as well. Uh, was what you turned to during the pandemic. Now, tell us what happened to your work and how you ended up working with. Um, it's not resin. What do you call it? Uh, Jess Knight. Jasmine, yeah. So walk us through. So I started my career uh, in corporate. I think I've been in corporate for maybe four and a half years now. Mm. And I would say um, each of my role um, is really fast-paced. So I was with e-commerce. Uh, I was with uh, startups. So you can you can imagine the pace is really hectic. And for me, like... Um, Coming up with this brand, it was something that I envisioned like maybe five, ten years down the road. But um, I guess uh, when the whole pandemic uh, happened, I thought it was a very good opportunity to really focus on what uh, I would like to try. And and like you say, this this really gave me a chance to upskill whatever uh, skill sets that I have. So uh, back uh, when I was working with like companies, right, I have a graphic designer where I would ask her, "Hey, can you design this for me? Hey, can you design that for me?" But um, after starting the business, I had to do everything myself. So I had to learn how to use Adobe Illustrator. I had to learn how to take pictures. I was like, "What's lighting? Why why does it matter?" <laughs> right? And then turn out turns out when I edit my picture, oh my god, it's so gloomy. Then and then now you're like, "Oh wow, new appreciation for your graphic yeah, designer." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So like, I think if I I do work with another graphic de- designer, I'll be like, I understand how you feel. <laughs> so bad. Or, or at least here, have some money. Let me pay you for yeah, your work. Yeah. <laughs> so let me guess, you were you must have been in PR or marketing uh, before. Um. So with my first role, I was with branding and PR, mm. and then uh, with my second role, I was doing campaigns and project management. Right. Uh, with my third role, I was doing a little bit of sales, uh, plus marketing. And um, with my fourth role, I was basically doing everything uh, marketing because I was the marketing manager back then, right? Right. So everything uh, under marketing, I had to learn, uh, which really gave me a good foundation when I wanted to start my business because I guess the fear of, you know, I don't know this, I don't know that wasn't there anymore. Uh, once you join a startup, you pr- practically have to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, actually, that everything that you've done is instrumental in having your own business. So all the different roles, the PR, the marketing, yeah. the project management, it's like you, it's almost like you went, okay, I'll go learn that. Mm, I got it. Then this, I got it. And then, okay, now I'm ready to start. Right? Yeah. Um, so let's go back to sort of the last year um, when you sort of decided to step away from working for people. Um, what was the deciding factor of turning your hobby into a business? Um, so I never imagined like this would, would, would go big like anytime soon because I think with every brand, it takes time, right? And uh, unless you're like super duper lucky, otherwise you'll see results in probably a couple of years. Um, for me, it was really like I wanted a role where I can fully utilize all the skill sets that I've learned um, and really put my idea out there. I think with companies, right, uh, there are certain deadlines or certain things that you have to do that is for the business. And for me, I thought that, you know, um, it's good listening or following others. But what if I followed myself? What would the result be? And um, that's where I put myself, you know, COVID is a good opportunity to try things out. Yes, there might be uh, cons where you, you can't have events or you can't have workshops, but it's still a good starting stone where everyone is online. Um, that's mm-hmm. why I decided, you know, um, I can take a break while working on this, which is technically not a break mm. uh, and still still, <laughs> <laughs> still do something that I like and I enjoy. But yeah. was there so, one particular thing that happened at work that you're like, forget you. I'm going to do this. Um, I think there's always that instances, right? <laughs> uh, I think for me would be, because working working in a startup, right, I would say that direction is never uh, constant or it doesn't stay very long. Yeah. So you get mm. three months and then let's try B. And then mm. another three months, let's try C. And mm. okay, fine, maybe C, B didn't work. Let's go back to A and things like that. And I guess for me, um, I was at that stage where I really, really wanted to do something rather than just keep on changing plans mm. because um, there, there are things that are short run, you know, like MVPs, right? For startup, it's like whatever I have, I push it first. Yep, yep. But there's also the other uh, perspective where, you know, big company, they really trial and error and test things first long before term. they push. Yeah, long term. Mm. And because mm. I had that experience from both startup and also corporate, so I roughly know that, yes, we can do this fast, but how fast? We can do this for a long term, but how long? Mm, mm, mm. It shouldn't be too mm-hmm. long. It shouldn't be too fast. Mm. So for me, I already had that gauge of how much I should invest in, let's say, pushing something out. And mm. obviously, if you work for someone, you really have to follow their, their direction. and their, it's their company. Yeah, it's their company. Right, it's their yeah. baby, right? Yeah. Okay, so 
you I keep forgetting the name of this thing. What is it again? The the product the material. The oh, material. Just just yeah. Okay. So so of all the hobby classes and, and um school classes you took, you fell in love with jazz jasmineite. What is it about jasmineite? Besides the fact that it's fast paced, which is obviously something that you really, really like because even you talk quite fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you notice? Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, there's a lot of things that I really like about jasmineite. One thing is because it's so versatile. So you basically can put anything in the medium. Uh, think of it as a cake batter, right? Mm. Where you can put chocolate chips, you can put, let's say, jellies and things like that. And when mm. the cake is baked, uh, that's where you get all the goodies. So same with jasmineite, you can put glitters, you can put even shells, you can put sand, and it will mix really well. And once it comes out, you get the texture of everything. So I think that is something that's really unique. And what really dropped me was um, its eco-friendliness uh, mm -hmm. uh, variable of it. So basically, uh, what jasmineite is made is gypsum. So yeah. gypsum is from a rock, as a mineral uh, base, and mm -hmm. with uh, acrylic. Acrylic is some sort of plastic, right? And when right. combined, um, it becomes jasmineite. And jasmineite then becomes very durable because of acrylic as well as the uh, mineral base, right. Right? right? And this mineral base is sustainable uh, because um, it's very common. It's not something that is going to... Um, Go go extinct or right, something right. like that. Right, okay. it's yeah. not rare. Okay, um, is it biodegradable? I mean, like, what happens when you sort of toss it out in the trash? When you say it's sort of more eco. Um, so obviously, uh, plastic doesn't uh, decompose, right? But what uh, people can do with jasmineite is, if it's broken, you can actually recast it. And every time, let's say you have a broken jasmineite, you can you can always recast it, and it will be a different piece all over. So let's say I like, um, for example, this piece, right? Uh, mm. But then let's say you don't like this piece. You, you want it in, let's say, with grace or something. So what I can do is I can basically break this, right? Mm. And I can put it back in a mold and I can put a different color on it and it'll come out a different piece. So basically you can keep reworking it. Yes. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so right. think of it, it's like us, right? We keep on reworking on ourselves, right? So it's the same thing. You get to evolve uh, with the piece itself. So maybe 10 years later, you don't like it. You want to change it. Yeah. Although the older you get, the harder it is to regenerate. My wrinkles <laughs> are telling me so. <laughs> oh, <no>. Okay. <laughs> so um, what have been some of your biggest challenges in, in setting up your business? Because before this, you were working for other people, their deadlines, mm -hmm. long and short. And now you have to work for yourself. You are your own boss. Yeah. Right? yeah. So what were some of the challenges for that? Um, I would say um, number one would be the pandemic, right? I think that's a challenge for a lot of business owners. Uh, reason being is because uh, with, with new brands, right, the challenge is the touch points with the customers. So for instance, uh, if we don't have the workshop, if we don't have bazaars or events, it's very hard for people to understand um, the concept. And especially with such a new material uh, or a new concept in, let's say, Malaysia, it's very popular in Singapore and uh, UK then uh, it's harder to, to get that connection, right? So everything mm -hmm. is online. Education needs to be there. Um, and also supplies. Uh, I guess the pandemic has really affected everyone worldwide to the extent that uh, even supplies from, because it's from Europe, uh, UK, mm -hmm. so uh, even supplies are coming in slow. And even if you're short of, let's say, supplies, you still have to wait. Mm. So, and mm -hmm. if you buy, it will be really, really pricey then. Yeah. Right. 
gosh, I can't imagine waiting on a glitter supply to come in. You know, it's like, I need that glitter. <laughs> it has to be that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what other kind of challenges uh, did you face sort of in terms of you being someone, you know, working for yourself? Because um, I, I know I found that very difficult and I realized that was when I, I realized how terrible my organizational skills were. Only when I had to work for myself and then I fired myself. <laughs> so, you know, um, what about you? Uh, to be honest, I, I like planning a lot. Like if we were to go on a trip, I would be the one doing all the planning. Um, but, <laughs> okay. but, 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 my prob- <laughs> but my problem is uh, I don't stop, which, which is bad. So um, what happened the first five weeks was because I was so invested um, in the business, right? I wanted like results. Um, so I kept on churning products. I kept on pushing products, right? And I think up till the whole five weeks, I realized that I was quite tired already. Like I needed a break because mm-hmm. um, all this creativity, you need to have, let's say, inspiration. Mm-hmm. You need to have that time to yourself to think, what does the customer want? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just creating products that you think, oh, I have this mold, let's just try this and just basically blindly shooting on everything, right? So, right. and because of handmade stuff, right, or customization through handmaids, um, there's a lot of competition uh, and a lot of times because we are our own maker, what happens within the community is that she copied me, he copied me and things like that. This, these things are normal and I right. guess for me as a maker, um, I try to differentiate myself um, not only because I have to, uh, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a form of respect to the other makers. But uh, you, can't, you can't say that, oh, Felicia's product is 100% uh, hers. Because if, let's say, I were to create a product that's white, I think a lot of people have white products too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, so what are some of the most important lessons you've learned about yourself for the first time? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like the little choking cough there (laughs) Um, I would say like really be patient with yourself like I mentioned I'm quite an impatient person Um, and I think with with, um, this particular brand of mine I I learned how to be patient to understand what the customer wants so I spend more time following up with them what is it that you like about the product what made you buy uh, what things you would like to see in the next round and things like that. Like it, instead of me, it became like my brand. It became like, what mm-hmm. do I want to create for you instead? Um, right. That that shift, yeah. That's okay. the branding and marketing manager in you that that thinks <laughs> that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> but how long did it take for you to actually start thinking that way? Because you said five weeks and then you kind of burnt out. You you needed a break. Was that the point where you're going? you know what, I think I'm doing this wrong. Was that the point when you kind of burnt out? Um, I don't think I ever felt like I was doing it like wrong, wrong. Mm. Uh, I always felt like maybe the timing is not right. right. So um, given, let's say, the five collections that I had instead of five weeks and I spread it out, I think that would be good. But because um, obviously because of COVID, because I'm new, um, I wanted things to go out fast yep. uh, that's why that impatience in me went out but after I took a step back which was the break uh, like a like a week or two break right. then I realized okay um, let's let's start again then I'll start planning maybe once a week or once every two weeks yeah. that I will do this right. yeah but you know what COVID pushes everyone to be impatient you know yeah. unfortunately <laughs> yeah now 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 yeah so um, 
What do you think that the young, studious, uh, A-chasing student um, that you were uh, would have thought of who you are right now is with what you're doing? Mm, I think I think she'll probably never imagine that I'll be a business owner <laughs> so soon. <laughs> uh, and that I would never, you know, have the... I would say a good grasp on like uh, different areas of marketing. I think not everyone is blessed to be in different uh, departments or areas within marketing and to start this such an early age. Um, I think I think I would be very proud of myself. I mean, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good to hear. That's good yeah. to hear. Um, okay, so you've I mean I've had a look at your site and I I love what you're doing. I just love the the I'm very um texture sort of um, a texture file. Yeah. What would you call it? Yeah. Very tactile person. So, you know, it just makes you want to touch the stuff, which is frustrating the pandemic. But um, you, you make coasters and you make little trays. I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit about the product? Yeah. So I basically make a handmade homeware. So homewares includes coasters, trinket trays, let's say your soap dish. Um, I am planning to roll out a couple more uh, different variety of products like plant pots, um, Ooh, even phone be nice. holders uh, because mm. I think it's very useful in this uh, situation. Um, so I'm slowly trying to find things that people will find useful at home um, and, and designs that would fit well because I realized that, for example, let's say another brand, people like a lot of, let's say, a terrazzo design. Terrazzo is where you see bits of different things mm. in that mm. product. But mine, I mine, do love terrazzo myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been really, really Classic. popular lately. Love it. Yeah, but I think for my customers, when I reach out to them and ask them, um, "Why did you pick this instead of, let's say, the terrazzo one?" They say, "I like I like the very subtle design. I like the very you know slightly shimmery type." So I guess my my demographics are very different, and I I need to spend time to understand. Okay, if they like this and like that, what what product will make that work right and still be attractive at home? Because you want you want something that you can place at home. You want something that's useful, something that's worth your your buck, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Especially now when you kind of consider it those non-essential items, yeah. and people are very wary of what they get, but they still want that something little beautiful. Yeah. So I've got a selfish question here. It's for nobody else listening, just for me. Your little trinket trays, is it big enough to have a mug on one end of the oval and then biscuit stacks on the other side? Like, oh, could I have God. it as my, like, bedtime mug of tea with my stack of biscuits? I just want to know that. No, we yeah, can yeah, yeah. I can show you an example of it. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> for those so... who can't see, um, Felicia's holding up the little trinket tray that I'm talking yeah. about. So a that fits a mug or, and biscuits. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm putting my bottle, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Perfect, and yeah. you have another space here. All right. That's like, for my biscuits. Okay, yeah, it perfect. does. Yep. Absolutely All right. I, I'm just wondering Tick. though, Felicia, I mean like <laughs> getting into business right smack in the middle of a pandemic and as what Asha mentioned, it's not exactly the most essential thing. It's very pretty, not but not the most essential thing in the world. Do you sometimes sit down and go, maybe I started at the wrong time? No, I, I don't think it was a wrong time because it felt right. Mm. It felt like if I, I don't do it now, like when? Because yeah. when the when situation gets better, then you'll focus on other things. Whereas now I'm just locked at home and I just have time to do this. Might as well build a good foundation for it. And then when things get better, at least I have a very good footing in already. But are you concerned about funding and money and stuff like this? 
Well, I would say I'm quite blessed since that I'm still staying with my parents. Right, right, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think okay. COVID has helped me save quite a bit last year because no trips, no nothing, mm-hmm. right? Right, um, right? So I think that I, I'm putting my, my money in good use, something mm. that I see um, it's long-term. I am happy to say that at least now, um, three months down the road, whatever that I'm buying for my business, it's from the business. So right. I have, oh, okay. yeah, I've stopped putting in any more money. Uh, it's already self-running. I wouldn't say I've made profit yet, uh, because mm-hmm. whenever I have money, I will buy new molds. I'll buy new things to try. Yeah, yeah. Right. But at least it's sus- uh, self-sustaining, which I'm very, very proud of. But what would what would help get you to us being profitable? Though? Um, I would say more sales. So like I mentioned, if let's say workshops were to happen or like events were to happen, then you get to meet more people mm. and educate. Mm. So like for me, I have sometimes customers just reaching out to me to try to understand the product. But other than let's say videos and like visuals, right, I can't really help them to to feel, feel the mm. product, right? It's yes. heavy, it's 300 grams. So you have to find something that's weighing 300 right, right, grams. Right. Yeah. Right. Where's my sugar? Where's my sugar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Okay. And you give workshops, right? So like, because I see you, you sell molds on your, on your site as well. Yeah. So I do sell like um, products or materials that can help people uh, use them to make their own. Um, right. So like, for example, the, the wax, the polish, the molds that you might be interested in. Aren't you afraid that your customer is going to start making their own and they won't be buying from you? Like, is that a smart marketing thing to do? <laughs> um, so for me, I, I try to place myself as someone like I'm educating the consumers, I'm educating the, mm. the market, right? So I mm. try not to associate myself with just making and churning for, for the sake of getting money. For me, is whenever I push out a collection, I want to be a one step better than what I previously did. So the first collection might be just very plain and simple. The second collection, I want it to look a little bit like this, maybe combine it with another product or things like that. So the Mm. fact that I'm constantly challenging myself to try something different and also educating people why is it so good to have it in your home or why you should have it, I think that for me is is fulfilling enough. Yeah. You're definitely a marketing person, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you're a great spin doctor, but I'm buying it, so that's good. <laughs> the, both the product and what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but so, really, okay, I mean, so, like getting more sales and getting things out means you need to get the word out also a lot more, right? How yeah. how's that been working out? Um. Okay. So because I had experience in social media, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad per se because I then reach out to people, uh, maybe like micro influencers, to test things out. Mm. Uh, partnership so like you see the gift set with Tanamira yep. I also pushed some of my products at kin- kino- Kinokuniya at KLCC yep. right? but obviously because of lockdown that didn't uh, really move much so mm-hmm. uh, the community in Malaysia when it comes to handmade stuff has, has been great like we are having a auction this weekend to actually donate some of our products whoever that is buying right. uh, to, to an organization called Hope Place in Sarawak Right, right. So, yeah, so we're just doing this just to be part of the community, just to help the community and do some good. I think this was also one of my bucket lists, right? To to be able to do something that's charity related with what I can produce rather than what I can earn from, let's say, a salary man. Right, right. Yeah. Mm. Wow. 
I love that. That's incredible. That's a wonderful thing to have as part of your mission, I have to say. Um, and we'd like to help you on that mission. And I'm not sure if you're aware that uh, when we invite a guest on for a Free Plug Friday, we create, or rather, <laughs> JD composes and creates a free plug. So, JD, take it away. All right. Um, turn up the volume on your on your video <laughs> if you want to listen to this. Okay, check it out. No, no, none of these are sustainable. Hey, man, what are you up to? Just looking for gifts, but there's nothing that's eco-friendly. I've got the perfect thing for you. Things are greener here. Oh, Handmade souvenirs. Oh, We've got great reviews. Oh, All the homeware needs for you. That's right. We've got coasters, trays, wellness gifts, and so much more. Everything's made in small batches, and just like you, our wares are handmade with heaps of love, care, and intention. To find out more, you can DM us on Instagram or head on over to our website, oakwares.com. That's O-O-A-K-W-A-R-E-S.com. Oakwares! <laughs> <laughs> love it! <laughs> That's your... I'm so sorry <laughs> for my singing. <laughs> it was great. It was great. That's I, your free plug. You can put it on social media and whatever, man. Oh my God. Yeah, I could feel the passion. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't passion. That was me being infuriated with JD making me sing. But it's okay. Come on. It was great. I loved it. It was very organic. Let's just put it that way. You know? yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Can I ask All you right, a quick so... question? Yeah. Why is Okwe spelled O-O-A-K? Ah, Okay. So uh, it's derived from the acronym uh, one of a kind. So I wanted to create something that's right. Unique. Yeah. So Ooh. so O O A K is one of a kind, and it sounds like oak. Uh, so yeah. I oak see. West. Okay. Yeah. Cleared up. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. And no wood in sight. Let me just uh, stress that. Yeah. All right. So how can people find you? Um, they can find us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is Oak West. So that's O-O-A-K-W-A-R-E-S. Um, they can also visit us on our website, which is uh, oakwest.com. Again, O-O-A-K-W-A-R-E-S.com. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. We're buying stuff. <laughs> We're buying stuff. Thank you so much. We wish you all the best of luck and uh, keep so that... What's it called again? Fire. Jasmineite. Jasmineite. No, uh, jas- <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. It no, is. But, but keep the fire going too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>